Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Rim Zone. I hope you're never the same. As we get into the I Work Rim show today, a little bit of a, of a just a different set aside for a moment. We've got a very special call in guest, our very own WTIS Inspiration AM 1110, Pete O'Shea. Welcome to the I Work Rim show. Thank you, Jim. How are you, buddy? How's it going? Uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed in that greeting. I expected much. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted to hear Brangenberg. That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. Thank you for not disappointing me. Pete O'Shea, something really cool has happened in your life. You have started up Inspiration AM, 7.30 in the morning right now, for an hour, I believe. The best drive time show out there in Tampa Bay Radio. How did this come about? Oh, it was so exciting uh, to come back to AM Inspiration and do our morning show again. I mean, dude, we've already had some amazing guests. We had Herman Cain, as you know. We've had uh, the, the sheriffs. We've had mayors. We've had all sorts of great inspirational people. Just a chance to wake everybody up together and say, let's have a great day together. And let's stay with WTIS all day. So you stay inspired. You stay empowered. And you go straight through all the way to Brangenberg. That's right. You start with Pete O'Shea and you end with Jim Brangenberg. That's as long as now. Now, how early will your show get? Because you know the sun starts to rise a little earlier than seven thirty in the morning. Right. We'll get to seven to nine. We'll go to. Uh, we're going seven thirty to nine now. We'll go seven to nine as, as the sun begins to rise earlier in the day. So we'll be able to wake you up if you're having that first cup of coffee. Tune in. Put it on the uh, computer. Put it on your phone app. 
and just we'll wake you up, we'll inspire you. We're going to give you some really great people, tell you all the information you need to know, get the news, weather, sports, and traffic you got to have so you get your day off just right. You're going to have a good day if you start with us every morning with AM Inspiration. All right, Pete O'Shea, Inspiration AM, right here on Inspiration AM 1110 WTIS from 7.30 to 9. As the sun rises earlier, Pete will eventually go from 7 to 9 in the morning. If you're looking for good quality, clean humor, just a great inspiration kind of show with all kinds of ways to inspire. Brian, you've been on that in on Inspiration AM, haven't you, Brian? I love Pete O'Shea. He's a dear brother in the, the Lord and uh, looking forward to seeing that show. Just yeah, uh, What I noticed, though, Brian, he hasn't had... Jim Brangenberg on that Inspiration AM show. <laughs> you know, I can't even imagine the two of you together. That would just uh, We've be been too on much energy. I've talked to your people. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, if you need help with the contract negotiations, I have raised my fee, but you know. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm up at 730 every day. So, alright, Pete, I just want to make sure everybody on my show heard about your show because you're waking people up in the morning and it's really, it's not just traffic, weather, uh, sports, and and uh, and and news. It's really you're bringing on guests that really are going to give them a new perspective for how they as they're entering in the workplace. It's like I work for him in the morning. You're reminding people they're going to work for the Lord. Absolutely, that's our goal every day. So they go have the best day they can have through him, with him, and in him. That's fantastic. Well, Pete O'Shea, thanks for calling in. Thanks for what you're doing in the morning. I'm glad it's you that's got to get up at 530 in the morning in order to get on the air and not me. But I'll be praying for you, and I appreciate you, and uh, God bless your show. God bless you, too, Brian. I love you. Jimmy, I love you also. Ivan, I love you. Everybody over there, I love you. And remember, I love you, and I love Jesus. Thanks, Pete. All right, in our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we're talking about life and leadership coaching with the Navigators. We've got in studio today live Brian and Debbie Zoss, and they're joining us for a discussion to talk about a different workplace that most people don't think about as a workplace. How about the workplace of the pastorate? Brian and Debbie are life coaches that work with pastors and their spouses. Brian and Debbie, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Jim, we're glad to be here and uh, thrilled to share with you what our journey's been, what our calling's been, the opportunity to just breathe life into pastors, their wives, and their leadership teams. And it's been a powerful journey for the last two and a half years, and it's just getting more and more exciting. Uh, Debbie, does he always interrupt you like that? Because you were about ready to say something, and he interrupted you. Yeah, he says it all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I I wanted to read this verse. As I was preparing for the show, I, I came up with this verse. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will be also who will also be qualified to teach others. You guys are out there teaching and encouraging people in the pastorate, the spouses, the families. It is so powerful what you're doing. Most people in our audience don't realize how tough the job is of being a pastor. They think they got cake eater jobs. All they got to do is preach on Sunday mornings and the rest of the week it's bonbons, sit in their office with their feet up, golf with people, things like that. They don't realize how stressful it is and how much of an impact it is on their personal lives. Yeah, in fact, uh, Deb's got some research that we brought with us from Barna, and it just talks about the areas where they struggle the most. And uh, well, don't give that away. Okay, before we get into that, because I see you're pulling out statistics, let's just let's just stop for a second and talk about how Jesus is making an impact in your life today, Debbie. So that He doesn't interrupt you again. How's Christ making an impact in your life today? 
Um, he's just doing amazing things um, through me um, with many of the women in ministry, um, the pastor's wives, and also ministry leaders. Um, he has uh, been using me as the instrument to really uh, transform their lives for them to be more Christ-like um, and to uh, change their lives uh, the way he has called them to live in the fullest. So you're getting to see the Holy Spirit really working through your ministry in order to really bring healing. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these ladies, you know, if they're the spouse of the, if they're the ministry leader, then they're really under a lot of stress. But a lot of times it's even more stressful being the spouse, being the wife of a senior pastor or a pastor in a church because all day long their husband gets criticized and they have to internalize it and yet be friends with other people that are doing the criticizing. That's a really tough job to be in a pastor wife. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Not only that, but um, pastors are very busy um, not having time, you know, or or not spending the time with the wives that uh, they need to be. Uh, So that is an important uh, factor that we we work with quite a bit um, and how they can uh, come alongside their husbands in a powerful way. Uh, in their ministry. And a lot of churches, they hire the pastor, they hire a guy as a pastor, and they expect the wife to come along as free as part of the package. They just expect her to do ministry. And so there's those expectations. So you're coming alongside ladies like that. That's fantastic. That's how Christ is working in your life. That is so good. We're going to hear about more of that in, in a minute. Brian, what about you? How's Christ making an impact in your life today? Well, I think as I look at the number of men that God's calling me alongside of and the number of couples that he's calling Debbie and I alongside of, uh, we constantly uh, see just uh, in the church today a group that feels beaten down, a group that feels as though the uh, the uh, journey that they're on uh, isn't uh, this spiritual joy that they had intended it to be. But actually, once they get into the church, uh, they're running an organization. They're running, uh, you know, what turns out to be uh, the equivalent of, of of a corporation out there, and uh, bigger than many yeah, companies. Very much bigger than many companies. Absolutely, and. And, um, you know, as they get into that battle, uh, their desire, their heart is to share God's word, is to uh, breathe life into the journeys and to help people grow spiritually. But yet they still have to run the organization. And so part of that journey is coming alongside and and empowering them in different ways through resources that we have available to look at different alternatives out there. Look at creative ways to lead and to to shepherd not only from um, the heart of bringing someone along in their faith journey, but how do you bring and raise up leaders within your body so that as you're shepherding it along, um, you're able to have uh, other folks take over parts of the flock and to just guide them. You know, one of the things that that is amazing, most people don't, first of all, think of a pastor as really running a small business. And a lot of pastors go, I'm not running this like a business, but really... A church needs to be run like a business, otherwise it, it falls apart because you, you have to be able to manage the money that's coming in. And most people, I would say a very, very large majority, don't realize how much stress they're under. And that we, we talk on the show all the time about mentoring, about coaching, uh, about uh, uh, trusted advisors. But a pastor, as you have taught me in the last couple of years that we've known each other, a pastor doesn't have anybody in his church he can go to and share those things because if he goes and shares transparently all the struggles he has <laughs> he's going to get fired because they're not supposed to have any problems isn't that right Debbie 
absolutely. Uh, you know, so that's why they come to come to coaching, um, which is just such a, an incredible program for them to be able to have um, coaches all over the country that they're not in the in the neighborhood. I mean, they're not in their backyard. They're not on, in their church. Uh, so somebody that can come alongside them to share uh, the challenges that they're having. Uh, so our role really is to shepherd the shepherd. Mm. Um, and uh, that's what we we love doing. That's what we're passionate about. And that's what God's calling us to do. Now, Brian, it's important to know you both have a business background, but it's important to know your very unique business background. Now, everybody knows about TurboTax. Everybody knows about TurboTax. It is the number one tax software in America. And you weren't on the ground floor. You were behind the garage door on the TurboTax when they were running it out. We had an amazing team, and it was just a great opportunity right out of college to, to join uh, forces with a group that, uh, before the PC was invented, and that really dates me now. Um, uh, <laughs> no, uh, Debbie's the only one dating you. Uh, oh. An amazing man, Jim Peterson, had this vision that we um, could use this personal computer in a way that would uh, allow folks to get their taxes done. And so uh, the team that was there started to develop a, a package to reach out not only to individuals, but to, to CPAs and accountants and give them an automated way to do that. But how did they do that? Al Gore hadn't created the internet yet. Oh, we're not going down that path. Okay, 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 okay. How did you guys get started in this ministry of shepherding the shepherds? Well, I think it began um, when God laid on my heart a desire to become a shepherd. And so I got called back to Liberty University, uh, went through uh, the journey to uh, move towards becoming a pastor. And as I turned and looked at Deb and said, I am so excited about this. I can't wait for God to raise up the church that I can go out and lead. She said, great, but I'm not ready to be a pastor's wife. (laughs) (laughs) I can understand that. So uh, as as we looked at that journey, we kind of hit the pause button for a bit and thought... Was that before or after you finished your master's degree? uh, That was after. So Hmm. So you didn't have that conversation with your wife before you went and got your master's degree? No, at that point, she just was um, looking at the journey and just seeing what God was doing and watching me through the process and not really sure what the outcome was going to be. But did you ever ask her, honey, how do you feel about me going to get my master's degree to become a pastor? Now, see, if I had had a life and leadership coach at that time, he probably (laughs) would have advised me to include her in the journey. You probably would. And that's something we talk. And the reason I'm drawing that out, I'm not trying to rub it in your face, although Debbie's enjoying us a little bit. I see that (laughs) smile on her face. Is that if you're going to make a decision and you are married, you should never make a decision that's a decision of significant financial investment or significant time investment or a career decision without involving your spouse. Period. End of story. That's why God gave you your spouse. And I'm amazed, and I know you know it now because you're, you're, you're well along in your Christ-following life now, but most people... I, I just had had a, a Mountain Dew with somebody, and, and that whole idea, I asked him that question. I did. Yes, I had a Mountain Dew today. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ivan. Uh, that, that I just said, hey, have you talked with your wife about this? And you're like, well, yeah, we've had some conversations. No, but really, does she have an endorsement on what you're doing? That's a question I ask every time, because, because Martha and I do a lot of marriage mentoring as volunteers. We don't get to work with the cool pastors like you do, but it, it is so important. Okay, so you went and got this degree and then Debbie goes yeah so, so it really wasn't as bad of a marriage issue as you're making it sound right now. Oh, I but, but, no, but for some through, people it can be. It wasn't in your life because you have an incredibly gracious wife. I do have a gracious wife, but I will say I also right, had... Right, Debbie? You're very gracious. She's, she's shaking her gracious. head. This is t- this is radio, not TV. You can't shake your head. Okay. I had amazing, amazing um, uh, shepherds that came alongside me, elders in our church, elders that uh, I leaned into, and, and they said, you know, if God's 
not giving her a reason on her heart to move forward, then you need to wait and you need to wait on God's call. And so it was in that waiting when God opened a new door. And I think uh, Deb can probably best share the story of how the door opened for navigators. Mm. Okay. So go ahead. Well, during Brian's journey, um, I was uh, fulfilling uh, a passion that I had for many years. Uh, After empty nesting for my kids, I actually went back and um, got my certification in life coaching. And uh, during that time, uh, I didn't know how God was going to grow us together, but he did it in an amazing way. Uh, Now that we look back on it, it was definitely God-ordained. Brian was uh, invited out to uh, the Navigators Convention. Uh, He asked me to go, and I said, okay, I will support you. So we went out there. While we were out there, um, we found that there was a huge need for somebody to uh, lead in that area of uh, life and leadership coaching, which we had no idea that it was even uh, part of the Navigators at that time. So that's where our journey began with a lot of prayer, and uh, that's where we're at there now. <laughs> it's, a, it's an incredible story. And, and so for listeners just tuning in, they're getting in the cars, they're starting to head home. You know, we're talking with Brian and Debbie Zoss today about shepherding the shepherd, really working with pastors. Pastors don't have anybody in their congregations to talk to. They need somebody else to help them through life's issues. And most of you who are in the congregations, it's about you guys causing them trouble. We're talking with Brian and Debbie Zoss with the Navigators. We're not talking about the Navigators College Ministry. We're talking about a unique ministry within the Navigators, Shepherding the Shepherds. Brian and Debbie, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thanks for having us back. It's in, you, know, you, you still interrupted your wife. You know, ladies first, Brian. Okay, after that conversation we just had about what you didn't involve her in. Okay, listen, before we get back to our conversation, this is going to be great. When you listen to this, you're going to go, kids, don't listen to this show. This guy kept hitting, kept really being hard on me. All right, it's time for our book highlight segment. Brian, wait for this. Brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over 29 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop C-H-A-R-I-S dot com. Be the first person to call into the studio line today. And I'll send you a copy of the book that we're highlighting in just a moment. Compliments of my wife, Martha, and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And of course, Brian Zoss. Call into the studio line 855-265-2929. Or if you like this version, 855-265-2929. All right, here's the book where we are highlighting today. Pursuing Promise, One Man's Journey. Written by Brian Zoss, none other than our guest today, and he's been on my show multiple times before, and it's coming back again in February. And also, Eli Gonzalez, the ghost writer, he wrote it with you. In he did. In secret. But Not in, in secret. But in open. Yes, in That's open. right. I love that name, Eli Gonzalez, the ghostwriter. He was on the air with us before. All right, let me give you a short explanation. Brian Zoss applies his principles and God's calling in his life to walk alongside men to live an intentional life, a life of purpose. In Pursuing Promise, One Man's Journey, Brian pulls aside the veil and shares his convictions and his life coaching philosophy. And we follow the intimate, as we follow the intimate and personal journey, one man Undertook. You got to get a copy of this book. It's not likely Hollywood is going to make this movie. Call into the studio line. Oh, we already have a caller. That's amazing. Remember, you got to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, 
right, Brian, as we talked about our interview today, you mentioned three things you really wanted to talk about. But before, I just want to make sure people hear your hearts. You really wanted to broaden the awareness that pastors have needs. That's what both of you said as we were talking about this before the show. Pastors have needs, and they're unable to go to the people in their congregation. This is something you shared with me when I met you guys a couple of years ago. They can't go to people in their congregation and talk about their marriage problems. Maybe they've got an addiction problem. When they've got issues, they can't tell people in their church because otherwise they get fired. They're not allowed to sin and, uh, and admit that they sin. Well, I wouldn't say that. And I, I think as you look at pastors... Yeah, okay, but they, 90% of the guys... Okay, 50% of the guys in a congregation have pornography addictions, but if the pastor has a pornography addiction, he'll get fired for it. The rest of the guys, they don't even tell anybody. There, there are definitely those issues, and those issues exist, and we'll talk about those. But I also think just to look at a pastor that's going through a battle within his own leadership council and trying to figure out how to resolve the conflict, an issue as simple as that is is not always open to who would he go to, who would he share that with, who would he pursue... And um, try to discern alternatives with. And, um, you know, how is he going to carve out the time to not only be in devotional in the Lord, but to seek advice and counsel from others? And there are great pastors that have opportunities to lean into past elders and others on their elder board and do so. But sometimes it's just nice to hear um, someone else who doesn't really have a vested interest in their church, a vested interest in uh, their body of believers, to to be able to take them to God's word in a different way, to pursue God's and word. Have a vested interest in them. Yes. All right. We're talking with Brian and Debbie Zoss from the Navigators. They have the most unique job on the planet. Actually, probably not. How many guys, how many couples do this around the country? We have uh, right now 48 certified coaches, another uh, 12, I believe, in the pipeline. And by the end of this year, we should have about 60 people. So 60 people in the country have this job at a 350 million. So a very, very rare job. They get to shepherd the shepherd. Brian, what's that all about? As we get to go into their lives and feed into them. Well, who's the shepherd? We're, we're gonna, we need to spell it out. Not everybody's going to understand what we're talking about. Shepherding the shepherd? Yeah, who's so the shepherd? Shepherd are the pastors, the pastors, pastors okay. and their leadership teams. So it doesn't just stop with the pastor, but an understanding that those shepherding the church, those businessmen and women that are coming alongside the pastors to help guide their vision. Mm, that's powerful. And you guys are doing this together, Debbie, because so many of the issues that are facing the pastor are also facing the wife, but she doesn't get a platform to talk about it at all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have a lot of uh, different challenges, um, and they come to me with many different issues. Uh, a lot of them are boundaries, uh, how to set those boundaries, you know, as a pastor's wife they feel they have to say yes to everything um and trying to uh prioritize um and set boundaries around their lives are important Mm. i i i have done enough volunteer ministry over the last 30 years to recognize how difficult the pastor job is not to mention that the lord sent me twice senior pastors from the churches we had to tell me jim you really could never handle being a senior pastor because you couldn't handle having 400 bosses But I also recognize just Martha and I in the volunteer ministry, how sometimes very brutal the women can be of the pastor's wives. I mean, pastor's wives, they don't get paid to do any of the stuff they expect to do that they're expected to do. And their number one responsibility is still to raise the kids at home if that's what they've chosen to do. And it's tough. The expectations, deal with the expectations and then just the cattiness. You have to admit, Debbie, women are way more catty than the men when it comes to that kind of stuff. 
She doesn't. She's not going to admit with me. (laughs) Well, and also as you look at that, I think what we're finding more and more is the case. You rescued Debbie from that one. I did, and maybe you rescued me from that one. Yeah, maybe that'll get me out of some of the trouble you already got me into. (laughs) Okay, well that's fair. As we go through and look at the pastors' wives, uh, there is this picture that they're the ones at home raising the kids and doing uh, the the stuff that people envision a pastor's wife. But in today's environment, um, there's not only bivocationalism in the pastorate where the pastor is out working, but in today's economy, in today's journey, so many of the wives are actually Mm. working. And some of it's not because they necessarily need the income for the family, but they also have a passion, a burning desire that God's laid on their heart and a calling to serve elsewhere that's outside the church. Well, sometimes they're doing it just to pay off all the seminary bills. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. <laughs> I mean, Bible college and then a master's degree and a seminary degree, you're talking $150,000. I mean, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, that's another house payment. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just, uh, you know, a mounting need. And then as uh, pastors are coming up, just like the rest of us in the workforce, you've got, you know, families that you're raising, kids going off to college. You've got opportunities to where, you know, as I talk to pastors, a lot of them now are in transition trying to think, you know, okay, I'm approaching a place where there might be something called retirement or there might be just moving away from the pastorate that I'm in to, to pursue a different calling. What does that look like? How do I make that happen? And that whole transition in life mm. is something that... Uh, they really haven't prepared for or thought about in any you know big way until they get to that kind of three to five year window where they're looking and going, I need to start thinking about this. So when you guys have a pastor that says, hey, I really need some help. I know one of the things you mentioned is a lot of times they don't get the support of their elder board or their deacon board or their trustee board to pay for your services. That there's a need for outside people sometimes to pay for this because the the church doesn't necessarily support them getting help. Or sometimes the pastors don't want them to know that they're getting help. Yeah, well, and, and both of those are great um, areas to tap into. One is that, you know, sometimes the pastor needs help but doesn't want to reveal it. Uh, many uh, times, you know, it's that you look at these churches and some of them are just meeting the bills. Some of them are just being able to fund the ministries that they have. And so they look at uh, bringing someone alongside to shepherd their shepherd as a luxury, as something that's an addition add to. And so for them to uh, look at channeling funds away from some really strong ministries, some really strong areas that the church is investing in, they just struggle with what that decision should be. The beauty of it is we have seen God time and time again raise up um, businessmen, businesswomen, people out there that have been given resources to sponsor these pastors and to raise it up and allow them to have a life coach, have a leadership coach in their life. And so, you know, on, on average, it costs about $1,500 a year for a pastor to go through a full year of life and leadership coaching and to have someone step up and say, listen, I don't even want to know who the pastor is. I don't care where the church is. I don't know what the the battles are, but I want to put forward those funds to sponsor that pastor and let him get the service that he needs, let him get the shepherding that he needs. And so for us, it's a blessing because we see it happen. I always thought I was, I, 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 I got to be able to respond to half of that stuff you're saying. I really want to be able to get out there for those listeners. So you're saying a pastor, and, and does that include, if you're working with a pastor, do you automatically work with the spouse at the same time? Do you guys tag team this all the time or not? Not always. Um, usually, um, we even have situations that the um, pastor's wife or, um, you know, might come to me first uh, before the the pastor will come on board, so it, it doesn't matter which way. Is it fifteen hundred bucks for the couple or fifteen hundred bucks per person? 
Uh, it's fifteen hundred bucks for the the first person that we start coaching. When we tend to take on a couple, um, then what what normally happens is we'll coach uh, two sessions a month with a, a pastor or with a pastor's wife. Uh, when we take them on as a couple, we add a third session, so we end up uh, coaching them individually and then together as a couple. Um, so it's not exactly a two timer, but it's uh, so. Is it fifteen hundred bucks? Does that jump the price up? It jumps it up to about probably a little closer to two grand, twenty five hundred, okay. right. so depending. That, well, and that's really what I want to get out there because, listen, if you're listening today and you're going to church, and if you're a Christ follower, the answer should be, yes, I'm going to church because that is the reason you go to church is to go get fed, surround yourself with other people that can help hold you accountable and encourage you in your faith and to and to really just to network within the body of Christ because your spiritual gift is needed in a body of Christ. You've got a pastor, and they're more, more, more than likely married. They need your they need life coaching. I, I've never met a pastor that isn't struggling with something because their job is hard. Yeah, and if I could just share, there. I mean, we have you know forty eight certified coaches. All forty eight are donor funded ministries. They we don't have income that comes in unless it's coming in from donors or coming in from churches. So it's not a a fee for service that we put out there and we struggle with that sometimes to communicate effectively. But as we get the donor funding in, it frees us up to do what we do and not even have to ask pastors or churches to pay for the services if we get people to don to donate to our ministry. All right, so we're look you guys are looking for people that can help support the ministry so you can mentor more people. So you can uh, coach life coach more people and so how do they find out more about you guys so to actually donate he never gives you a chance to talk does he debbie that's absolutely okay yeah (laughs) we actually drove in the car and she said if this question comes up i want you to take it oh okay so this is a so you talked about this ahead of time we did so you've learned a lot since those pre-seminary days amen all right that's awesome (laughs) you know i really do love you and i just want to make sure other people learn from the lesson you had to learn the hard way Absolutely. Okay. And uh, right. they're growing from it. So how do people that. get a hold of you to, to help with this ministry? So what we'd like to have them do is to donate to uh, church ministries in general. And that would be navigatorchurchministries.org. And as you go to that site, uh, there's an opportunity where you can actually click on donate. And you can donate to NCM Coaching. And NCM Coaching is where there's a general fund out there. It's like a benevolence fund that we can pull from and pull from to allow all 48 of our pastors to raise the funds that they need. Okay, so after the show, you're going to send me all those links so I can put them on Facebook then, right? I would love to. Debbie, would you make sure he does that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and realize, too, that uh, our coaching is done by phone or Skype. I mean, we have people that uh, we coach in Canada, uh, California. Do you, have to, do you have to end every sentence with A when you're talking to them? <laughs> a, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Debbie's not near as impressed with my humor as you are, Brian. I just... <laughs> Calling up north, eh? Okay. All right. Go. Sorry, Debbie. Okay, so you got people as far away as Canada, which that's a long ways away. Yeah. So uh, everything's done by phone, and, and that's really great because the confidentiality and the trust really develops that way. When you, when you Debbie, work with, you get called in to work with a, with, with a woman in a situation, whether she's a ministry leader or whether she's a pastor's wife, what are the biggest issues you've seen that these women are struggling with? Give, give me, like, the top three. Um, I would say transition um, mm. with retirement. Um, empty nesting is is huge, um, and marriage. Those are the top three I think I see. <laughs> transition to retirement. So not transition church to church. Transition going. Okay, we would just work sixty to seventy hours a week for the last forty years in ministry. Now we're talking about retiring, so we're only going to work forty hours or less. I mean, because I mean, most pastors they never really retire, but they work less. 
Yeah, so or they go out and they help shepherd other shepherds. So right. part of their journey and transition is becoming a shepherd to other shepherds. And it, and that's that's powerful. Okay, so Brian, when you get the call to to shepherd a shepherd, and whether it's a ministry leader or a pastor, um, what, what do you see as the top three issues that you're dealing with with those guys? Um, number one would be work life balance, um, ministry life balance. They they are in a position where literally they're on call seven by twenty four, and their challenge is how do I still invest into my wife, into my kids, and to set you know boundaries in my own journey that allow it to happen. Um, secondly, is their own devotional life, their own spiritual growth, their own ability to be with God and just hear his voice speak into their life. Um, yeah, they write the sermon every week. They prepare the message, but it's different from preparing the message than simply trying to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to do to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be someone who can truly invest in my life and my journey so that I can answer your call that goes beyond just leading the church and leading the organization. Well, my brother's got a doctorate from a, a doctorate in Old Testament, a master's in New Testament, and he, he said to me the driest years in his life were in seminary. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very tough years. And, and he said everything he learned in Bible school, then he learned it again in seminary. And and I hear this all the time that pastors in seminary, although this is changing today, but that doesn't help the pastors that are already there. They're starting to finally get leadership training. They're starting to finally get organizational management, finance, administration kind of uh, training. But these pastors are expected to have all of the business school training, management training, CFO training, and seminary training. And figure it all out. Yeah, and let's be honest. Um, the, the training is now being offered in the seminaries, but they're electives. They're not part of a core program, and they're still not required. So you get put into a church, and you get put into a setting just uh, with this passion to share God's Word and to grow people spiritually. And the first thing you have to deal with is financially, what can we afford? What programs do we have to deal with? What ministries are you know important to, to moving us forward? But you know maybe we have to make some really hard decisions about what the priorities of the church should be. And it goes beyond just what God called the church to do, to, to look at what is it that we as a body can invest in and trust in the Lord to raise up the resources for. All right. Number one for men was work-life balance. Number two was devotional life or lack thereof. What was number three? Uh, number three for them would be, uh, as I'm shepherding my family, how do I continue to be able to disciple my sons, my daughters, how do I disciple others? And so there's a desire and a passion for them to feed into others on a, on a one-to-one relational basis, but there's, they feel there's not always the opportunity. And so they're trying to figure out, how can I really do this and invest in just one other man's life, my son's life, my daughter's life in a different way? And that's one of the most incredible things that Martha and I have that privilege to do. We get Because we're not in the pastorate position, even though we, we play that role sometimes, we get into it and invest into other people. And it's first of all, it is possibly the most rewarding thing you ever get to do is to pour into people. I mean, I'm sure, I know it's draining. I know what you guys go through is draining, but it is powerful because it challenges you spiritually when you're challenging other people spiritually. And, and of course, I have an incredible wife who does incredible things, and she perfects me. In fact, you guys know Martha. She's unbelievable. How'd I do, Ivan? Good. Okay, good. Ivan reminded me that I said I was going to work on... Nice. I was going to work on treating my wife and appreciating her more, treating her more gentleness. Thank you for that reminder, Ivan. But my wife really is incredible. And so it's got to be a fun time, Brian and Debbie, that you guys get to work alongside each other. 
I mean, how 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 much better does it make it, Debbie, to be able to get both sides of the story when you're helping a pastor's wife? When I'm helping the yeah, when you're working with the pastor's wife and he's working with the pastor, how much better is it that you can get both sides of the story? How, how more, much more effective does well, that make you? Well, quite honestly, um, when we work uh, separately. Um, we kind of keep everything confidential unless they want us to share. Okay. Uh, so when we work together, that's different. And so we have to ask each one, what can we share with the other as a couple? So, um, you know, I have to be a little bit careful about that. Mm. Do you ever tell them, listen, your wife should know that. Your husband should know that. Do you ever tell them stuff like that? Absolutely. And I think in the course of the conversation, sometimes um, we put the encouragement out there. But when we coach in a way where we get to be with, uh, I get to coach the husband separately. She coaches the wife. And then we coach them together. Um, there's you know, ways in which you can ask a question to put it on the table so it opens the door for them to share. Um, you gain their permission in, in advance that, that they are willing to share. But somehow, as, as more so for men, I think, than women, um, we have great desires and passions, but we don't always follow through with the action. Wow. And, so, and it's hard for us men to get personal sometimes to dig down and expose the fact that we actually have emotions and feelings because we were told not to express those all right when it's awesome what you guys are doing but i want to make sure our audience is is here and go to navigatorchurchministry.org and click on ncm coaching there are pastors and pastors wives out there needing encouragement needing to be shepherded because their job is a very difficult job and they don't just have one boss everybody in their congregation is their boss and it drives them crazy and they were never trained on this Shepherding the shepherd. And Debbie, over the break, you got statistics, very big statistics that people need to hear. But before we get to those statistics, we'll end with those. So don't, don't, don't tune out yet. Talk to me about you guys don't just shepherd the shepherd and their spouses. You guys are actually training in, doing life coaching for other leaders within the churches. Our goal is to create intentional, relational, disciple-making cultures in the church. That's what... That was a mouthful. Yeah. Do you know that? That was a mouthful. See, you got to say that again. We work with the pastors and their leadership teams to grow intentional, relational, disciple-making cultures, not just in their own family, in their own journey, but in the church as a whole. How do we make relationships the key? Relationship with the Lord, number one. Relationship and reaching out to others, number two. Intentional, relational, discipleship. Disciple-making culture. Disciple-making. Wow, that is a lot. You're going to have to find a simpler way for people like me who think in two syllables and three syllables to get that disciple-making culture. Go and make disciples. I get what you're trying to do, but that, you know, intentional... Wow, I see. I've already. I can't even. I can't read my handwriting now. Intentional. It looks like multicultural. I know that's not what you said. Intentional. What did you say it again? Intentional. Intentional relational, relational. disciple making cultures. That'll teach me to try to write down while we're on the air. Intentional relationship disciple making cultures. Really, uh, that shouldn't be a new concept. Well, it's not that it's a new. Concept. No, no, no. It's right. It's not a new concept, but it's actually. How many churches do you encounter that are intentional? I'm going to read this again. Intentional, relational, disciple-making cultures. How many churches do you experience that are actually, that's, they're they're equipping churches? Aspirationally, 100% of them want to be there. No, no, no. That's Uh, not, realistically. That's like saying, how many of you want to lose weight in 2015? Yeah, absolutely. 
And, and so the truth Only of the matter you, is... Only you, Brian. Well, both of you lost weight this year. Just don't leave it sitting around. I might pick it up. Ah, there you go. Um, but, you know, realistically, I think churches that are able to move the church in that direction have to get the whole point of being intentional about it. That it isn't just about having an aspirational goal, but you have to put the outcomes out there. You have to know your big why. You have to know what the desired benefit is for. And you have to understand that there's going to be challenges along the way. So how do you put a leadership team behind a vision that makes it happen? And that's what we get to do with them. Does he always do that to you, Debbie? We asked him the question. He did not answer my question. <laughs> what percentage of churches are actually creating intentional relationship, disciple-making culture within their church? You said aspirationally 100%. How many? My guess, less than 10%. Okay. But let me just make this clear. That's what the church was designed for. The church wasn't designed for programs. The church wasn't designed to build buildings. The church wasn't designed to, to, to babysit. That was what the church was created for, to create an intentional, relational, discipleship-making culture. That's what it was all about. Go and do it. That's what Jesus told us to do. Amen. And 90% of the churches have work to do. They do. Absolutely. All right. So, Debbie, these statistics, as we're running out of time, I really want people to hear these statistics. Now, these are these are from a Barna research survey. Go ahead and just give me the three statistics. Um, 89%. Now, this is from... Uh, you don't have much time. You got to go. 89% considered leaving the ministry at one time. These are pastors talking. 77% felt they did not have a good marriage. 71% were experiencing burnout and depression beyond fatigue on a weekly or even a daily basis. These are your pastors that Debbie's talking about. These guys need support. They need life coaching. They need encouraging. And it can't happen within the church because they're expected to not have issues. And, and so those are huge, huge things. 89% have considered leaving the ministry. If you've ever been the pastor of a church, you already know this because it's difficult having hundreds and hundreds of bosses. If you're one of those people being the bosses, take that into consideration the next time you're critical of your pastors in your church. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.